This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to my Warning Shortwave program. I have two great interviews today, both by Sydney Hemingmore, a prophetic woman, She is going to talk about with me the Sweden Muslim Revolution, Sweden's Muslim Revolution. The second interview, Hamas, Gaza destroyed. And in between, you're going to hear my book, The Science of Judgment. Let's begin. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving Nations. Please go to my website, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org and see what Eagle Saving Nations is all about. It comes back to Pentecost. Only the power of God can influence any nation. We need the power of God because we're living in a nation right now that is turning evil and only the church can stop this insanity. I have with me Sydney Hemingmore, prophetic lady, woman of God, entrepreneur, uh, Sydney, welcome back to the program. Warning. Thank you, Jonathan. If you haven't seen Sydney's uh, interviews with me, you can go to my website again, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. And over the years, I've done different programs with her, uh, many on how God has healed her from death, including we, we talked about that just yesterday. So, uh, Sydney, now I know you went to. Sweden. In fact, I prayed yes. for you right before you went. And why don't you yes. tell me about your your time in Sweden? Well, Sweden is a beautiful, beautiful land. I would even call it a land of milk and honey. The, uh, the scenery is majestic. It's a lot like the Seattle area. I was in Stockholm, the main city, which is a huge... Uh, metropolis area and it reminded me a lot of Seattle you know the beautiful wild flowers the honeybees it's literally a land of milk and honey it is a land that God has blessed so much they're right on the uh, the Baltic Sea and they have this beautiful archipelago of islands it's a lot like Puget Sound and I have something really controversial to say Jonathan okay okay in my personal opinion Stockholm is actually prettier than Seattle (laughs) well uh, what has happened over the last few years with 
Antifa and Black Lives Matter and this woke nonsense. Yeah, Seattle used to be beautiful, but uh, I'll tell you what, they've really trashed it. Yeah, I know. You can get a, I get a bad feeling, you know, when I go there. I can feel the, the new age vibes, you know, when I'm there. There's almost a spirit of confusion over in that area. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I've Sweden, you're right. It's beautiful. I've been there at least a half a dozen times. And uh, I've spent even months there at a time going through Sweden speaking. In fact, if you were in Stockholm, I spoke at the Stockholm uh, Lutheran Church right there, the big one in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, since that time I spoke, I know it's really regressed. I mean, even then it was regressing, and that's why God sent me there. But uh, I have a prophecy for Sweden, too. But uh, before we get into that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your your experience in Sweden? This is this is Was this your first time or, or not? I've been there about three times. My daughter went there seven years ago to get her PhD. She's studying on saving the uh, European links. Okay. Which is, yeah, which is almost like a mountain lion. They're not the pretty fluffy North American links that we have. They're a bigger animal, more like a mountain lion. All right. And and, um, she's working on, you know, the populations and how the genetics go together and so basically reintroducing the European links to basically Europe because they were wiped out almost at one time. But, you know, God is having mercy and bringing them back. Now, I asked my daughter, she's been there seven years, and yes. I asked her if she would give a comment. And, and she said, Sweden, it's a nice place to live where people are valued as individuals and not just as employees or contributors to the economy. They take care of their people, and they trust people to behave responsibly. Well, she says, but they seem surprised and confused when people don't follow the rules. So they seem kind of naive in that way. So I guess you would call it a blind and asleep and um, uh, self-deceptive. It's almost like there's two Swedes, okay? I got great, um, the, the most beautiful, freshest air in the world, okay? No, no pesticides used. They, they let the wildflowers, you know, what we would call weeds, but there their beautiful wildflowers grow. So the air is fresh. The, the uh, water is the most delicious water in the world. It's just a really blessed land. Now, there are certain areas where, where I went, and everything seems so beautiful. In the downtown area, which is the more expensive area to live, and the tourist area where all the beautiful museums are and the 100 or 300-year-old buildings, there's white people. There's white people dressed in beautiful wool clothes. And everybody looks like they're doing well. Everybody's happy, healthy, beautiful, you know, young, old, male, female. But then you go out to the suburbs. And this is where my daughter lives. She lives in the suburbs. 
and she lives in kind of the north uh, west area, more up by the uh, freeways. Now there, there's a whole different population base. Uh, in the Mall of Scandinavia, I would say that um, the ethnic Scandinavians or the ethnic Swedish were uh, as little as 20%, maybe even less, maybe much, much less. So they do have a large immigrant population. Then in the park near where my daughter lived, they, the people there, again, you have maybe 20% of the ethnic Swedish, you know, the, the blonde, blue-eyed, you know, beautiful uh, people, of the ethnic beauty of the Swedish people. Only 20%, Jonathan. Wow. That's not much. Okay, then what, then what else I see is I see all the other ethnic groups. Each ethnic group keeps their own clothes. They don't even try to wear the regular clothes of the culture like we wear or like the Western Westerners wear. No, the, the women, the senior ladies, they keep their burkas, you know, with the black sheets. Um, a lot of the men, you know, they keep their Islamist clothes and their little hats and things like that. So basically out in the suburbs where my daughter is, I wanted to figure out what percentage of the population is basically African immigrant, okay? And I think most of the uh, African immigrants are Islamists. There's a few Christians there from the Mideast, but not many. So they do a state-sponsored preschool. As long as the woman is working, they'll take care of the little babies from one year's up free. And then they teach them Swedish. And by the way, Swedish is the accepted language in the school. So the children are learning Swedish. Yeah, my little grandbabies, they're learning Swedish as well as English, of course. So anyway, so I'm at the preschool and I'm watching the ladies come to pick up the little kids as I'm waiting for my daughter. Well, I counted them and it was something like Maybe there were seven people came. Maybe it was seven, you know, five to ten gals. And all of them, except for two, were Mideastern or African. So um, there were some from South America, too. Okay, so what's happened is that Sweden is a beautiful culture with the beautiful people. But... You know, you gave a message to them back in, what was it, 1999. You said, urgent, urgent, the time is now, Sweden. So basically, what they have is they have an Islamist invasion, okay? That is what is happening. So one day, we were in uh, my daughter's um, houses. They, most people don't have houses. They live in, like, apartments or townhouses, there's a lot of high-rise, high-density population. And very few people can afford an individual home like we mainly have here in America. So there were all these police cars all over, police helicopters, 
sirens and we were going somewhere and the police blockade even turned us around in our car. We had to go around. There was a police blockade. Well, what was happening is the Islamist had brought basically an assault force to the fairgrounds at Sweden. Now, I never could have imagined it unless I would have seen it with my own eyes on video. We couldn't even get close, obviously, but I saw it on video, people who were there. So evidently, this is the story. Evidently, a massive mob of Eritrean Islamists came and assaulted violently. This wasn't any little protest, okay? No, this was a violent military-like assault, in my personal opinion, using stones and clubs, and they beat the heck out of the Eritrean people who were putting on the festival. Wow. So, yeah, so right there in Sweden is Islamist civil war. So basically what happened down in Ethiopia is right in Sweden, right when I was there. And it's really interesting, Jonathan, I was trying to juxtapose between like almost the two Swedens. There's this one Sweden that's so beautiful and, and historic. And then there's another Sweden that's right there on the edge of Islamist civil war, Jonathan. It is scary, it is scary in my personal opinion. Well, the problem is urgent. Basically what you prophesied to Sweden in 1999, you said urgent, urgent. And I was there in 2023, August, 2023. And I saw that urgent Islamist invasion. Now, at this point, they're not assaulting the Christians at this point. No, they well, they may have been assaulting Eritrean Christians, but they weren't assaulting the, um, uh, the, uh, the European Christians yet. They weren't doing it yet. But the, the violence was absolutely terrifying. And what it reminded me of is way back in the Bible, you know, when Hagar had uh, Ishmael, you know, of course, God loved Ishmael and Hagar, but God did say, God did say, Ishmael will be a wild ass of a man. His hand is going to be raised against everybody. And that's what I saw. And everybody's hand you know, is going to be raised against him because Ishmael, the Islamists are pounding. And that's what, that, that, that's what is happening right there. I mean, it was horrifying. Now, the government is starting to do something about it. Uh, Sweden just elected a, uh, a far-right party. They call it a far-right party, but it's actually an anti-Islamist or anti-immigration party. And I noticed down there in the Netherlands, Geert Wilders, he got elected too, and he's telling the truth about the Islamist invasion. And I thought it was really interesting, um, Jonathan, that... Uh, you know, in, in 1683, there was a war at the gates of Vienna. There was a great war. And the uh, Islamist armies were coming from the Mideast. 
and they basically uh, got to Vienna. But in 1683, at the gates of Vienna, they were stopped. So the Islamist invasion was stopped in 1683. And you know what's interesting, it was stopped by God, because I read a little report on that. And the problem was, is that it was raining and the rain made it so that the um, explosions from the Islamist explosives in 1683 couldn't take down the wall. And I thought, isn't that something? God stopped the Islamist invasion. Well, the problem is, is no, it's here and it's now in Europe. So I pulled up an article here just to try to explain what happened a little more um, thoroughly. It was August 4th, 2023. Okay, the headline says, Sweden, violent clashes erupt during cultural event after two groups of Eritrean immigrants come face to face in Stockholm, dozens injured. It says Muslim migrants attacked an Eritrean festival. Over a thousand Muslim migrants clashed, stoned each other, and police. Well, the video that I saw was not a clash. No, the video that I saw was an assault. People were peacefully, the government supporters were peacefully doing a fair to raise money. And uh, the rioters came. The riots broke out. This is what the article says. After thousands of anti-Eritrea government protesters who were who were holding a protest nearby. And by the way, when I, when they say the word protest, no, it was not a protest. It was a gathering point for a violent assault. A, a protest nearby broke through a police barrier and stormed the Eritrean pro-government festival being held in Stockholm. The protesters tore down festival tents and used tent spikes as weapons against police. They also pelted stones at the people participating in the cultural event and pelted the police too. Videos from this scene showed cars and at least one tent on fire. So that is what happened right in the, the most beautiful Stockholm, Sweden, you'd think the most beautiful, peaceful place on earth. Well, it's not like that anymore, Jonathan. I know. They uh, they need to understand the spirit of Islam. Islam is not a religion. It's a constitution. Uh, they go anywhere in the world when they migrate to undermine the country that they migrate to. They, they will swear an allegiance to their constitution like they did in America, but then they will violate it because to them you can lie to an infidel and every nation is an infidel unless it's under Islam. And so their only loyalty is to the constitution in Islam and they have to take over every nation for Allah. It's called the country of war. Unless it's under Allah, then it's the country of peace. They say they're a religion of peace because once they do away with a nation's culture and the religions through Islamic war, so to speak, then it becomes a religion of peace. Other than that, it's violence. And so they go to every nation to take it over for Allah, for Islam. 
and we they you know people have to understand that <clears throat> what but, we're doing right now they're seeing an islamic invasion around the world through open yes. borders because the world powers want a new world order that's it's what they outlined. want a new world order and i've been reading over the years how swedish ladies have been raped because they don't have a, a burqa over their head covering and so they're in islam they're a prostitute and so they rape them and so uh, yeah. all through europe we're seeing an islamic uprising and nation after nation are about ready to fall to islam now i've been warning this for over 20 years well, you are right, Jonathan. There was one little girl in Sweden, and I didn't know her. I read about her on the news, and she was basically raped to, into a vegetable because she was out at some park, and the Islamists were there. You know, when I was with my little two-year-old and three-year-old grandbabies, I didn't leave their side for a second, Jonathan. I was on edge because there was lots of... Uh, Mid-Eastern Islamist men just milling around. I could feel it. It was very dangerous, Jonathan. Yeah, I gave, a, uh, as you know, a prophecy for Sweden clear back in March 21, 1999. It says on a Sunday night, March 21, 1999 at Bethel Church, now Church of the Nations in Tacoma, Washington, USA. I was sharing about my recent trip to Malaysia, a country I'd prophesied over. I opened my mouth. And the Holy Spirit came upon me and I prophesied, quote, Sweden, the word for Sweden is now. Now is the time to give the word, the warning of urgency before persecution comes on the remnant in Sweden. Because after America, first the economy crashes, then throughout the land, the cities burn. Then London burns. Then intense persecution on the born-again church in Sweden urgency, urgency. Sometimes we pray that we don't get ahead of God. In Sweden's case, it's that we don't procrastinate and miss being faithful to what God wants us to do and say. The time for Sweden is now. It's now. It's now time to give the warning as the church throughout Sweden is backslidden, as our pastors throughout Sweden backslidden. They serve the government. They serve man in the name of God. God wants to bring the message of repentance to the church in Sweden. And I've gone a half a dozen times over the years to Sweden and given that warning. Sydney? And that, that warning is still here and now and powerful and still for this moment, Jonathan. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening, you're watching uh, the warning program. We've had some technical difficulties. So uh, most of you finished the program by listening to it on radio. But I'll tell you, um, Islam, they're trying to take over the nations. The, right now, what you're seeing all through the world is a uh, push for a new world order. They're trying to topple the sovereignty of nations, the borders. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to have a mighty awakening, a great revival uh, in America. Another great awakening if we're going to stop this insanity uh, where they try to topple the republic and move us into a new world order. Uh, that's what they're trying to do right now. You saw the war going on in Israel with Hamas. Hamas and their charter is to wipe out the Jews and then wipe out uh, the Christians. So they want uh, Israel first and then America. They had protests all through uh, America in favor of Hamas. This is crazy. 
if you've taken a uh, oath to get citizenship uh, and you're supposed to then obey our constitution and our values. Now, if you're protesting in favor of Hamas, which is totally against our constitution and our values, they're a terrorist organization. I think you should be arrested and deported. This is what has to be done in nations all through the world if they want to save their nation. I'll tell you what, Hamas is a violent, genocidal, Islamic organization with the spirit of the beast to destroy the people in that nation. I'll tell you what, 1,400 Jews in one day massacred children cut out of their mother's womb, children beheaded, women raped, kidnapped hostages over 250. If you were a person and you they stopped you, they killed you, they raped you, they beheaded your children. They would behead your children in front of the parents. Then they would also, in some cases, kill the parents in front of the children. Either way, they killed the remainder. We are in trouble today. Yes. Hamas yes. is trying to destroy the Jews. I need to go to Israel, ladies and gentlemen, and try to work with rebuilding the lives of Israelis. I've been to the fighting areas. I've been to the Gaza, right to the Gaza Strip. I've been in those communities. I have friends there. We were going to put up a dental clinic there. Uh, Shai Hermish, uh, World Jewish Congress leader. I've been in his home several times right there. I've been reaching out to him. Nobody could reach him. Finally, he responded. He was hiding for over 20 hours. He escaped his kibbutz, the community where he lived, wiped out. I've been there several times. His son did. I need to go to Israel. So, ladies yes. and gentlemen, if you want to help me, worldministries.org, 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 Zell and PayPal, you can help me. Or telephone 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, Send me a check, World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue with Sydney tomorrow. Sydney, God richly bless you. Thank you, Jonathan. And I want to um, make a donation to you so, so, so I can give love. I can give money when you go to Jerusalem and Israel. And I pray to God that God give you a word when you get there. Well, thank you so much, Sydney. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations, as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, 
One must read The Science of Judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and Shalom. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International, and I want to welcome you to the warning program. Wherever you're watching or listening, welcome. In the studio today via Zoom is Sydney Hemingmore. She's a prophetic woman of God. She's in the past been an entrepreneur, and uh, I've done different programs with her over the years, uh, both prophetically as well as uh, healing, where God has spared her life different times. Just um, a touch of God and the spirit of death was gone, where yeah. she was supposed to die. And so you could look at those programs on my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, and see the programs I've done with Sydney. So, uh Sydney, welcome back to the Warning Program. Well, Prophet Jonathan Hansen, it is an honor to be with you, a prophet to the nations, and we see things heating up in the nations. And I praise God for you that you are prophesying to the nations, Jonathan. You know, I've been uh, amazed. I remember in Rwanda, um, you walked into Rwanda and prophesied and God stopped the mass slaughter. I remember when Kim Jong-un was shooting off his missiles and you got to that DMZ and Kim, and you prophesied to the wind, to the mountains, and Kim Jong-un stopped. Well, now here we are in Gaza and uh, in Israel and I was just reviewing your word here that, uh, f- that you gave to Netanyahu, May 24th, 2010. And so much of it has come to pass. So here we are again. And I understand that God's sending you again to uh, Israel. And I know his power is going to be with you to prophesy. And I'm so in th- so looking forward to seeing what God says to Israel through you on your trip coming up. Well, thank you so much. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know what uh, Sydney is talking about, I need to go to Israel. I've been invited by the World Jewish Congress President Shai Hermish. The kibbutz that he was living in, I've been in his home uh, different times, different years. Been a guest, ate at his table, interviewed him in his bomb shelter in his home. My wife was with me. And uh, I'll tell you what, that was the very kibbutz that came under the uh, heaviest massacre. They massacred the people there. And he was hiding for over 20 hours, him and his wife. And uh, they didn't find them and they escaped. But his his son uh, was in one of the homes and uh, in the kibbutz, he was found dead. Uh, it was such a horrific time for the people of Israel. I've been, like I said, right to the very areas. I mean, they're right by the Gaza Strip. 
And I bendis to wrote right there. I was going to put up a dental clinic to help the people suffering uh, post-stress syndrome, their their mouth, their teeth. Uh, you had all of the signs of, of deteriorating because of the stress. And uh, so I bendis to wrote uh, well over a, a half a dozen times, maybe 10, 12 times. And uh, so that was one mile from the Gaza. In fact, if the bomb uh, siren goes off, they have 15 seconds to get into a bomb shelter. And so that was all through those, those that cities to road and other immediate surrounding uh, communities. Uh, 15 seconds, even in the parks. They have bomb shelters for the children that looks like uh, toys, centipedes, and other things. And they, but they're all living under that stress. Uh, the babies, when they hear the siren, uh, they, they right. respond because they're living right. under that stress. They hear the siren, right. their parents grab them and run to the bomb shelter. So anyway, yeah. now they were invaded. A surprise attack overwhelmed them. And 1,400, 1,400 Israeli citizens in one day, the first day, massacred October 7th. Uh, women raped, killed, babies beheaded, babies cut out of their mother's womb. Uh, they forced, again, children to watch their parents being killed and then turned around and killed the children. They, they, they watched the parents, uh, had them watch their children being killed. Uh, horrific atrocities, uh, Sydney, uh, just horrific. And uh, they wiped out, again, communities and um over 250 taken as hostage, kidnapped. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you will help me, if you will help me, I need to go back. I have an invitation. I want to get over there as quickly as I can. Uh, I need some some resources. Worldministries.org, worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Um, you can give that way, PayPal, uh, Zelle. You can telephone my office, 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. And I need more than a ticket. I need to be able to help them. So uh, do what you can. If you're, if you're sending it to help me in this Israeli trip, just mark it that way, and it will go for that trip. But uh, Sydney? Yes, Jonathan. They did do horrible, horrible things. And you know what you were saying about the dental uh, is very interesting because when the body is in the fight or flight, it's called the sympathetic. And basically when a person's in that state, the saliva and the mucous membranes essentially dry up. So yes, I imagine that, you know, their, their mucous membranes in their mouths, you know, would be really, really uh, unhealthy and debilitated. You know, that it kind of reminds me almost of the Holocaust, what happened. I've, 1,400 people in one day. If that's not a Holocaust, I don't know what is. Well, the president of Israel said that it's it's the worst atrocity since the Holocaust. And Absolutely. so, I mean, uh, what what a time of of destruction of mourning. I, I wrote two articles, The Real Palestinians, yeah. and then I wrote another one. And I've done programs on it already, on the air. People with animal right. minds and the worst is yet to come. So, if you have not, seen those programs, go to worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Uh, you can watch them or you can listen to them. Again, again, all of these are on radio, television. Um, it's going to be on shortwave. 
But if you don't get my news articles, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, you can sign up or telephone 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. And you will receive from now on free pastoral articles every two weeks. In fact, this one, people with animal minds and the worst is yet to come will be sent out in a couple days. So, uh, Sydney, yes, it was such a horrible atrocity, but the only thing that can explain it is, again, what I've written, people with animal minds, but yet the worst is to come. We say, wow, this is atrocious. It's only going to get worse because uh, Hamas says first the Jews and then the Christians. So they want to, it's in their charter to wipe out the Jews out of Israel, wipe them off, and then America, the Christians. And and so uh, we need to understand, it's not just Hamas. The whole world, the whole world is coming against uh, Christians right now. And so this is an attack uh, on, on Christians. It's an attack on Jesus Christ, the body of God, and if, if the church doesn't wake up, that's why I said the worst is yet to come, what you see going on in Israel and the atrocities, and let me tell you, blood is going to flow in America if we don't wake up and stop this insanity. And that's, that's the whole point why I'm leading Eagle Saving Nations. The church has to wake up. The church has to stop this. You know, Sydney, in World War I, World War II, the Korean War, other wars, we won. Why? Because we had Judeo-Christian values. We were still a nation under God, the re- you know, the Republic. But now we are removing God. Now we are going to be a nation of evil. We're not going to stop anything. If the if if the church wants their freedom and do- doesn't want to be a victim, severe persecution, we have got to rise up and stop it. And that's the reason Jonathan. I lead Eagle Saving Nations. We want to get into the NFL stadiums, NBA stadiums, civic centers, and we want to see Pentecost come down once again so the church can rise up with a powerful voice like Peter did after baptism and go out without fear and intimidation but speak the truth. Turn against this tide of evil. Because as you know right now, uh, America is flooded with a tide of evil, a tide of lies, a spirit of deception, and... Uh, the only thing that will stop it is the gospel, the truth, uncompromised by fearless men and women. And that takes the power of God, Pentecost. So, ladies and gentlemen, join Eagle Saving Nations too. Help me get to Israel? Join Eagle Saving Nations. My website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Join Eagle Saving Nations. We've got to have another great awakening, which is a revival. There's got to be a repentance all through this land to stop one judgment, sure judgment, if we don't repent. Sins of abomination, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel. And if they topple the republic, let me tell you, that sheer hatred you see coming against the Jews are going to come against real Christians. And we're going to see blood all through America. Sydney. Absolutely, Jonathan. It's terrifying. What you are saying is a prophecy from God, and it is terrifying. And all I can say is may God have mercy on America. And you were talking about Hamas being a beast, having a beast in their heart. Yes. Well, Mohammed wrote the Quran, 
Mohammed was from Ishmael in the Bible, and God said, Ishmael is a wild ass of a man, you know, a beast, and his hand is going to be raised against everybody. And we saw that in Gaza. And God also said to Ishmael's mom, and everybody's hand is going to be raised against him because they got to fight him off because of murder. Now, I just wanted to review a couple verses real quickly here. Um, uh, okay, whoever welcomes a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. So we must, Jesus said that, we must listen to the prophets. We must welcome them. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5.20, Paul said, I do not treat prophecies with contempt. Uh-uh, we got to listen. We got to repent. Okay, and then Acts, you say we need another Pentecost here. Uh, Peter said, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all your people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. You know, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams before the great and awesome day the Lord come. Well, we here we are now, and we have to listen to these prophecies of warning. There is no other option. And may God have mercy on America. Amen, Sydney. You know, Sydney, the Jews have been in Jerusalem since 1200 BC, long yes. before Islam was created in 61080, yes. which is over 1800 years. Yes. And so we must understand that. Well, Jesus warned us. He says, many prophets, many false prophets will arise and come, you know, claiming I'm he. Well, the ultimate revelation of God. Isn't that what Muhammad did? When Jesus walked the earth, he warned us of this false prophet, Muhammad. Totally. And yes. And so us Christians, we need the truth. The truth is, is Jesus is the son of God. And by the way, um, the uh, Islamists will kill a person if they say that, but we say it till the day we can't breathe anymore. We say Jesus is the son of God. He did die on the cross for the sins of the world as foretold by the prophets. He did buried and dead and in death three days. And he did resurrect from the dead. He conquered sin, hell, and death. And Jesus said, there's only one way to the Father, God, and that's through him. And the point is, is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Don't ever fall under the spirit of deception where somebody tells you Allah is God. No, Allah is not God. Yohevahe, the father of Jesus, is God. And there's no other name why people may be saved. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we're going to do it preferably in this life. But if not in this life, then when one stands before that white throne, they're going to say it. Well, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, you, you said that he's a false prophet, which he is. Yes. The Bible goes into it uh, very, very clearly. 
and uh, yeah. who Jesus is. And yeah. yet in Islam, as you mentioned, if you say Jesus is God, they kill you. Yeah. Because uh, to them, Jesus is a pure human prophet who comes back to kill the Jews and the Christians and bring the world under Allah. You know, we do not serve the same God. It's totally opposite. Now, Jerusalem is a holy place to the Jews. Okay. Jerusalem is mentioned 667 times in the Old Testament, 139 times in the New Testament, for a total of 806 times in the Bible. In the Quran, Jerusalem is not mentioned once. Hmm. Sydney? Hmm. Well, the scriptures say that in the last days, the people will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Okay, so that's what Islam is. It's a deceiving spirit and a doctrine of demons. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So Amen. this message, yeah, this message is stand strong. Don't let Islam deceive you and never bow. Never bow to uh, Islam. No, only love Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus. You know, you had a, a word right. uh, concerning Gaza. Why don't you share it? Okay, well, uh, it basically, um, my experience with Gaza basically started... Um, quite a few years ago uh, under Ariel Sharon. And then, uh, and then what happened at a, a certain point, you know, I followed the news. And of course, I, I read the prophets, uh, the Old Testament prophets. And I realized that no Gaza is for the Jews. And then uh, a time later, the Israeli defense forces went in where the Jews were living in Gaza, and this was a few years back, okay? They divided their own land. What the IDF did, and, and I, I knew a colonel who was a retired colonel in the IDF. He was a tour guide on a tour that I went to in Israel. And he said the night before, he took his troops in to basically steal steal the houses of the Jews and all the beautiful beautiful um, Jewish uh, land and vegetables and prosperity. He said that his uh, one of his soldiers came to him and said, look, we cannot, according to our rabbis, go in and take those settlers out because we are dividing the land. So the colonel, he was secular going to follow instructions instead of god's instructions you know don't divide the land no they went in and they did it okay and the colonel was worried that he was going that he was he was going to have to go into civil war and fight his own troops well it didn't happen okay so during that time period a uh, few years later, I was praying for Netanyahu, and I was actually in Israel at the time. There was an election coming up, and people didn't think that he was going to win. Well, I was praying for him, and, you know, as I was praying, 
I kind of saw this picture in my mind. You know, I was praying that he win the election, of course. And I saw kind of like this picture in my mind that the angel of the Lord stands with him. You know, so there's Netanyahu and there was kind of the angel of the Lord kind of like behind him, something like that. And I knew that, okay, he will win the election and the angel of the Lord does stand with him. And, you know, he does have the right of military might, of course. Okay, so that's the background. You know, that is the background. So what happened the other day when I heard of that, when I heard what happened there in Israel, I, I, I was just so moved and so disturbed about what happened. And so I, I cried out to God in my mind. I said, oh, how can I pray? You know, how can I pray? And then the thought came to me, what is written must come to pass. I think, okay, well, here we are. Here we are. This is not my opinion. This is not Obama's opinion. This is not Netanyahu's opinion. No, this is God's prophet's opinion. So what is written? So I pulled up some verses in my um, email here that, that I had looked up. Okay, and we'll just go. We'll just go fast here. Micah 4.13. So Micah was a prophet, and he says, Rise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will give you horns of iron and hooves of bronze to break to pieces many peoples. So, daughter of Zion, Zion's the hill in Jerusalem. So Zion is a physical location in Jerusalem. Uh, the Jews were expelled 2,000 years ago. Well, they're back since 1948. And so they're the daughter of Zion. Okay, for I, God, I, God, this is God, will give you horns of iron. A horn is an offensive weapon, like a bull, a bull attacks with his horns. That's an offensive weapon. And hooves of bronze to break to pieces many people. Well, just this morning, I was watching uh, a video of one of the unmanned Israeli vehicles. The horn was basically shooting, shooting, and the hooves were basically just, you know, smashing Gaza to the ground. So basically, do not get mad at the Jews for having to do this. The prophet Micah said they must do it. Okay, here's another verse. Okay, desolations are decreed. So this is the end of Daniel 26. War will continue. Okay, the end will come like a flood. A flood is a war, an invading force. And by the way, you know, it's really fascinating. Right now, the Jews are talking about they're flooding. They're actually flooding the Hamas tunnels with water. And if you watch them go in, if you watch the IDF go in, the way they move, they move like a river flooding into Gaza. And that's what's happening right before our eyes. War will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. Okay, so these aren't just desolations in Israel. With our own eyes now, we see a flood of war right before ours, and we see desolations. And we're seeing the Hamas tunnels being flooded. Okay, okay, now, 
what did Moses, in other words, God through Moses command must happen when there's um, a thief that steals the people, uh, kidnapping. Deuteronomy 24, seven. If a man is caught kidnapping one of his Israel, Israelite brothers, whether he treats him as a slave or sells him, oh, the kidnapper must die. So you must purge the evil from among you. Well, in this case, it wasn't the, um, the Hebrew killing the Hebrew. No, it was the Islamist killing the Hebrew. Okay, Netanyahu and his military, they say they're going to get every Hamas member, whether they're in Qatar, which Qatar hides them, and whether they're in Turkey, which Turkey hides them. They say they're going to get them and kill them. And by the way, I, I heard something interesting. Um, uh, Sinwar, I think his name is kind of hard to pronounce, Wahar Sinyar, Sinwar, uh, his assets were just frozen in France, and he's the uh, Hamas head in Gaza now. Now, isn't that interesting? Talk about filth and corruption. He has all these millions in assets in France while his people are suffering. I mean, these guys are evil. Okay, so the Jews have to kill every one of them. It says so in the law of Moses. Okay, Micah. Let's see, we already read Micah. Okay, here's, um, here's Isaiah 41, uh, 15. Behold, I, God. Now, this is God. This isn't man's. This is God saying this. I, God, will make you, the Jews, IDF, into a threshing sledge, new and sharp. Okay, this is the idea. You know, this is now and here, new and sharp, with many teeth, lots of weapons, lots of military. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and reduce the hills to chaff. Uh, mountains could be military powers. Uh, mountains, in the case of Gaza, are literally high-rise apartments. And uh, basically, that's what they're doing. They are crushing, okay, threshing. What threshing is, is basically pulverizing. You know, you've got the, the, the wheat, okay, the wheat grows up, and on the top of the wheat, there's all these beautiful kernels, you know, that people eat and their life sustaining. Well, and then all the chaff gets pulverized. So they hit it, and they hit it, and they hit it. And the pretty little grains of wheat come out, and people eat them, and the rest of this stuff is pulverized and burned up. So God is making Israeli defense forces a threshing tool. Okay, now we get to um, Gaza itself. The people of Gaza shall say, shave their heads in mourning. Oh, remnant of their valley, how long will you gash yourself? Okay, shaving the heads is a symbol of not only grief, but it's also a symbol of we're reducing that population. We are shaving it down. We're shaving down the hills. We're shaving down the mountains. We're flooding the tunnels and we are pulverizing it. So that was Jeremiah 47, five. So he prophesied, he foresaw that. And that's happening now today. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, I prophesied that Hamas will be defeated, destroyed as evil men were defeated and destroyed before the flood for their sinful violence. I know that's what I've prophesied. And uh, 
you get into the Jews and Israel. The Jews have been in Israel once again, um, clear back 1200 BC. So they've never left. Yes, the nation became in 1948, but the Jews have been there over 3,000 years solid. You know, Zechariah 12.3, and it will happen in that day. I'll make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all the people. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces. Again, Zechariah 12.2, behold, I'll make Jerusalem a cup of poison, and on and on. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Hamas is dedicated. They're a terrorist organization, is Islamic organization. They've turned down uh, a two-state solution five times. They want to wipe out Jerusalem from the face of the earth. The Israelis, they want to wipe out the Jews out of the nation of Israel. And then they want to wipe out America. We must understand this. Uh, Help me go to Israel. I need your resources. I need the best love offering you can give me. I need way more than a ticket. I've got to help them rebuild. Uh, 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Or worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. You can give by Zelle, PayPal. We take every credit card. We even take checks. Just address it to WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. God bless you, Sydney. Thank you. Shalom. God bless all of you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.